You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. you're all staying safe and wetting your masks. Oh, I do hope you enjoy this week's episode of Take A Bow Podcast. Ta-ta for now. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 7 of Take A Bow Podcast. I'm Sydney Lucas. And I'm Ellie Tokash. <laughs> hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 7 of Take A Bow Podcast. I'm Eli Tokash. And I'm Sydney Lucas. And today we have such a fun guest. She's incredibly talented and she has worked as both a kid and adult on Broadway and through voiceovers and just so many other things. And we can't wait to share her story with you guys today. If you couldn't tell from the title, Annalise Carpacci is joining us. She's currently in, well, not currently because of quarantine, but yeah. she's currently in the cast of Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway, who um, kind of had a few performances, but didn't get to open quite yet. So as soon as quarantine's over, go check it out. Yeah. All right, Annalise, take it away. <laughs> Thank you for Welcome. coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. This is like our first real, I guess, actor who has been both a kid and an adult on Broadway. So we're really excited. Oh boy, no pressure. (laughs) You're also kind of our first kind of teen girl a little bit, which is really cool. So high five. Woohoo. Girl power. Girl power. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into, you know, the whole spiel talk to me because i know you were very young when you decided that you kind of wanted to go in the performing route but i also know that you were kind of like a dancer first before you started wanting to do the rest so talk about like what inspired you to do the rest yeah i was basically a ballerina first like that was my first love and i did musicals but i always talk about how i wanted to do musicals in order to improve my dancing that I took acting classes in order to be a better dancer and to show emotion through my dancing at a very, very young age. And I was dead set on being in New York City Ballet. And I was like, I need to be in that. I need to be there. I need to be a ballerina. And this is what I'm going to do. And then everything got ruined when I saw Billy Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked into that theater and I don't think that my face moved the entire time. I was just like this. 
my mouth was just completely dropped and I was mesmerized by all of the ballet girls on that stage. And at intermission, I turned to my mom and I said, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And she was like, what? Uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. That. And she yeah. said, okay. So then I looked in the playbill and I found that like all of the girls had the same manager. Most of them did. And then we put like my little resume and my headshot from when I was 10 and we mailed it over and then they called and they were like, we want to meet you. Aww. So that's basically how I got started. How old were wow, you? I was 10. Yeah, I was were... 10. That's insane. I read somewhere that you started professionally training, um, I would assume in dance when you were three years old. Yeah. I was that two is... and a half when I started ballet and oh then I God. started that's acting cool. classes when I was five and then oh voice when I was seven. Yeah, so I was so... really young. I assume that Billy Elliot is your favorite musical. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, awesome. that's the one that is really. It's Billy Elliot. It's a tie between Billy Elliot, West Side Story, and Merrily We Roll Along. Oh, interesting. That's a rare one. Yeah, I love Sondheim so much, and <laughs> Merrily We Roll Along. It's so interesting because when I was at school, they we had our artist in residence, Lonnie Price. And he was in Merrily We Roll Along, and he directed a documentary on Netflix called Best Worst Thing That Has Ever Happened, or something like that. And it was about his experience in Merrily. And as a former, I guess, former child actor, watching that, I knew that all of those people in that show were around my age or younger. I think the youngest person in the cast was like 15. And it's so interesting of how you have a different perspective when you're that young. And on Broadway, it's just such a different experience versus when you're older. Mm -hmm. But it's the same feeling of joy and all your hard work has paid off. It's just so interesting. That's so true. How different things affect you at different moments in your life. Yeah. Also, sure. something interesting that I was thinking about was Broadway auditions as a child, like like a you know ten year old, twelve year old, are a lot different than Broadway auditions as an adult. What was your first Broadway show? Technically, my first Broadway appearance on stage was Godspell cast of twenty thirty two. Right. So that was the one night only performance, and then my first Broadway show was. Um, a Christmas story. Christmas story. Okay, yeah. so you're around like, thir how old were you then? Christmas story? I turned 13 in the middle of the run. So you yeah. started when you were 12, and then now you're gonna be in Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway. Well, she is. Can you s <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, she is. Right. Um, Pending. Pending. Yeah, this is <laughs> the quarantine. <laughs> Can you speak a little bit about what the audition process was like for A Christmas Story? Because I am so intrigued to know. And then also a little bit about what the audition process was like for Mrs. Doubtfire. And, you know, if there are, like, any noticeable differences or if they're surprisingly the same. Yeah, they're both pretty nuts. Um, <laughs> I went into the open call for A Christmas Story. Whoa. So I was... I had representation, but I one day was at dance on Saturdays and I decided to go in for the open call. I had flip-flops on, I bought a pair of sneakers and I had my book in the car and spontaneously said, I'm going to go to the open call because I have a weird feeling that I'm not going to get an appointment. So I went to the open call. I was the last person to show up and 
Stephanie Clapper, the casting director, came out and wanted to speak to my mom and said something along the lines like, we want her to come in throughout the week and we're going to do dance call and we're, she's really great and the team loves her. So wow. that's really great. Throughout that entire week, I was in seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade. And I went every single day, Monday through Saturday, in and out of callbacks for the show. Dancing with Warren Carlyle, singing here, singing there, going into this room, that room. It was absolutely insane. And then, I guess about a week and a half later, they called and they said, I got it. Which was, I can't even describe the feeling. Wow. Do you mind if I ask what you did in the open call? Like, did you have to just sing or did you have to... I just sang. Oh, I wow. Did it. I just sang a song for my book that was my go-to audition song and that was it what is an open call like i've well, i've never got to experience an open call but i know a lot of people depends. you know kind of starting out it depends on the the call you're going to like if you're going for something like matilda for example there's thousands and thousands and thousands of children and their moms or dads <laughs> or aunts or uncles or whoever or the and, whole family or <laughs> their whole family <laughs> grandma different people from different areas and it's very very crazy i went to a matilda open call once and it was just a lot of people i personally don't love them because i'm not a fan of like a bunch of people in a room at one time mm. but yeah godspell was also an open call and the one for godspell was so different because my voice teacher Baydeen had sent out an email yes, and said yes and everyone sent out an open call email. She's like, Godspell cast of 2032. They're having an open call. Everyone should go. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I went. My my mom came with me, and I had had an audition for a commercial the like the day before. Oh, no, wow. like like an hour before. And my best friend had come with me, so she came. Wow. And there were so many people there that they had to move the open call to a studio because there were so many people and they had to start the show. It was a Tuesday. So they had, to, and it was at Circle in the Square. So they had to like lock down Circle in the Square because you were supposed to audition on stage. It was like this whole thing. And then they said, okay, we're moving to a studio and everybody has to sing eight bars. <laughs> Whoa. So for my audition for Godspell, I sang eight bars, not even a full sentence of my song. And I walked out of the room and I said, well, that was a waste of time. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, this, I was like, that was a waste. They didn't even hear me sing. And then I got a call back and then oh I got gosh. it. I was so confused. It's so funny because there's it's been so, so many auditions that like, I've personally felt like they were the worst ones, but they've ended up working out. Like Exactly. And that's like with Mrs. Doubtfire, I had gone in for an equity call for another show and I had gotten callbacks for that show and the same casting associate was the casting associate for Mrs. Doubtfire. So she called me in and said, you're going straight to the creative team. So I said, okay. And wow. I guess that my brain, not that I wasn't focused on that audition, but my brain was so tied up with that other show at that time. So I like did my work and I did all my prep for Mrs. Doubtfire and I prepared, but I went in there being like, okay, I'm just gonna show them what I do. Mm -hmm. Do my thing. If I don't get the role, it's not that big of a deal. And it's only the first audition, so nothing's going to, you know, callbacks, whatever. I walked in. I had a great audition. Jerry 
gave me directions and everything. And then I walked out. He told me to wait outside. And then I heard them laughing in the room. And I'm like, oh, no, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. then the next day at 2 p.m., they called and said that I got the role. It was so wow. weird. It's so strange to me. Yeah, it's so like the world just came together for that. Yeah, I went in one time. I was so confused. I was like, they don't want to see me again? Are they sure? <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, like, A Christmas Story and Matilda have 13 callbacks. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, um, pretty much everything that I've gone in for that I've gotten, I've been adamant that I did a terrible job. So mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about. So I kind of see that as a sign. If I think I did a terrible job, I know I'm going to get it. For my first audition <laughs> for Finding Neverland, I was coming from West Virginia. And I was throwing up on the way there. And I, my dad gave me a popsicle. I like stopped throwing up, went in and did the audition. And then they called me back and I was like, how? Literally, I feel terrible. I'm disgusting. I had to pop like gum in my mouth so my breath would smell good. It was craziness. Did you just say a popsicle to stop thro throwing up? Yeah, isn't that interesting? That I, don't I mean, I don't know if it stops you from throwing up but i know it like helps your stomach i guess my mom used to give me like i don't know they were like pedialyte pops huh. yeah some i got i did not know that yeah that's interesting i know weird tricks right so by the way annalise i, I love how kind of spontaneous you are and and the way you've explained it you you go a christmas story i was just like yeah let's go yeah why not and then you said for another thing like oh you should this, uh, you said Baydeen told you to go to Godspell, and you're like, okay, I love that. You're just so spontaneous. Yeah, you just but go good with for the you for like, you know, just taking it. Just go, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's try it out. Yeah, I mean, anxiety is always the thing that comes with me, but of course. I find that throughout my entire time working professionally, I just went for it, and I didn't really care what was happening, so I just did it but it's you know what everyone also gets gets nervous but it's about kind of yeah. how they control the nerves that really yeah determines their success so how long have you been with mrs dalfire the show i've been with them since the fall of 2019 so so you did the pre-broadway run with them i right? did the pre-broadway run in seattle and now mm -hmm. broadway yeah so mm -hmm. how is how is the show different from the time in Seattle than in the time here? Um, not much different. There's some fine tuning with Miranda, who is my mom. They kind of changed her, I wanna say, they changed her entire character completely and changed her perspective on the story. So that was really interesting. Rather, like in Seattle, she was more of like very rigid and here mm -hmm. she kind of is more, a more well-rounded human being, uh, sure. which is really, really great. And there is a new song in Broadway, uh, Stuart, who is my mom's boyfriend. So she, he has his own song with Mrs. Doubtfire, which is so, so funny. That's awesome. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Do you to have a favorite, like, song? Yeah, Just Pretend. Everybody always thinks my favorite is What the Hell. I mean, it, it, that's definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> but Just Pretend is my favorite because I get to sing with Rob McClure every night. Yeah, and that's I, awesome. I mean, that's everything that I could ever ask for. He's the best. I could talk about him all the time. Aww. Aww. All the time to talk about that's him. That's adorable. Yeah. Father-daughter relationship. Yeah, <laughs> really become a close friend that's awesome talk about Aww. your first time seeing him in like the cosmetics oh man 
the first time we saw him was at a photo shoot and they had brought me in for hair and makeup and I sat down and I didn't realize that he was sitting in the chair. Stop. And so I looked way. over and he was like getting, they were like gluing the prosthetics to his face. And I looked over and I said, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey kiddo, what's up? Ah. Oh. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I was just so confused. And I was like, I can't find you in there. And then when he finally came out in his costume, freaked out but it wasn't until after seattle because there have been so many different versions of the mask that he wears they've just been perfecting every single version and they finally got it right like you didn't know that it was right until you found the right one Mm. and he walked he had it in the rehearsal studio and he just put it on one day and had everybody walk inside just to see him and he has he posted a video of this on his instagram it's so funny and i walked in i was just like Oh my god. I That's actually her. saw that video. It was so funny. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's a whole cast. That's her. Yeah. That's so cool. You just know. It's so weird because you can't find him in there. Right. And it's, I walked in and there's just a completely different person. Hey, those makeup artists... Round of applause. Take a bow oh, yeah. them too. Tommy, he's amazing. Tommy's amazing. Wow. Aw, that's awesome. So this was something that I was actually really excited to ask you. You've been in a lot of shows that have a lot of kids. You something that you and Eli have in common is you were both in a Christmas story, but you were in the Broadway and then Eli was in the regional tour with my brother actually. Yeah. That's a lot of children. And then you were also <laughs> in Matilda. A ton of children as well. One of my dreams when I was little was to uh, be in a show with like a ton of children because I was like such an extroverted child and I just thought it would be like a play date. Is it kind of like a play date? And also, I, I would have loved to listen to this when I was a little kid, but what is kind of your routine as a child actor on, on, in a Broadway show with a lot of other children? It's, how is tutoring? Like, why does that work? Like, how does wrangling work? Were there multiple Wranglers? I just don't know. 
There were multiple Wranglers? Yeah. Yeah. We had two on A Christmas Story, John and Alyssa. And then for Matilda, we had four, which were two of them were the same Guardians, John and Alyssa. <laughs> and no way. Crystal and Bobby. And Crystal is now one of the Guardians on Mrs. Doubtfire. So full circle no moment. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, full circle. That's it's really insane. great. But yeah, being in both Matilda and A Christmas Story, I was the oldest out of really? 15, 16 kids in each show. And with A Christmas Story, I didn't go to actual school. I had the work sent in. And we had um, tutoring from 11 a.m. till 4. Was it like a, like a separate room to tutor? Did you have like a school room or was it just we like had- wherever you could? We had school on the, well, you know the theater because it was the Lunt for Finding Neverland, too. So it was, um, we were all in the green room, and we had school all in the the green room. I think it was like the sixth or seventh floor. And it was all 15 of us up there for every single day from 11 till 4, just doing homework. It was great. It was so so much fun. Was Amy your tutor? Yeah, Amy was my tutor. And Bernadette? And Bernadette. Oh my god. Um, Wait, Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And now she, they're just Amy's the tutor on Mrs. Doubtfire. It's so crazy. Everybody's the tutor. Yeah, she's one of the tutors. And then two of my tutors from Matilda are also tutors there too at Doubtfire. Wait, how many kids are there? In Doubtfire, there are four. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's not just like they're your classmates, they're also your co workers, pretty much. Well, they're there all the time. It's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of bonding, a lot of bonding. I mean, you know, we all became like siblings. Yeah. My best, one of my best friends is Jack Mastriani, who played Aww. Scott Farkas in A Christmas Story. And I took him to my prom and we made that promise. I said, if I don't have a date to my senior prom, you're coming with me. And we made that promise in the schoolroom. Oh, at that's a Christmas adorable. Story. And he came with me to my prom. So that was fun. And then we just oh. make all these different bonds. And like Grace Capeless was in yes, A Christmas Story, Godspell, and Matilda with me. Wow. And oh the reading. So we've just done pretty much everything together. And we've been on this journey since the beginning. And she's 16 now, which makes me scared. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was eight years old when I met her. Oh, wow. Wow. I know, that must be, like, so cool, especially during Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, you're you're still are a kid. You're not an adult, but, like, you are, but it's fine. I don't want to think about it. (laughs) Anyways, you you mentor, not mentor, but these kids can look up to you, and you can really be their big sister, and that has to be so cool. Yeah, I mean, I always thought of myself as, not in charge, but I always thought of myself as, like, I have to be a good example for... Mm -hmm all of these kids. Even when I was in A Christmas Story and Matilda, it was the same thing. I was the oldest, so I had to set an example of being a good kid and I'm gonna do my homework. And I mean, Matilda, I was in high school, my first few years of high school, doing, going to school wow. and going back and doing the show. I was in that schoolroom, that two inch schoolroom for every <laughs> single night and doing my homework. And I always said I have to be a good example for them I have to do the right thing Mm. and I put a lot of pressure on myself Mm. unnecessary pressure but that's just me being a perfectionist but especially now with Mrs. Doubtfire to watch the Avery and Jake and Lily and Sammy who are their understudies and watch them together it reminds me of what I went through with A Christmas Story and Matilda 
and Jake is the oldest, and he's 13, so he's like the same age that I was, and watching them and being there for them is just really, really special. Yeah, for Aww. sure. And now you don't have to do school anymore. Oh, I mean... I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah, well, you're... Say, how does that work? You're go you go to police, right? Yeah, I took the year off this year for Seattle oh, okay. for Broadway, and I'm gonna go back in the summer and take some classes online. But and you don't have to be like tutored, right? Like that's no. is that more on your own time? You have to you have to like be in charge of that. I do it on my own. That's a lot of responsibility. So you're gonna do it online. You're not gonna go to Pace. I'm gonna do my core classes, like my academics, online. And then when I can take my MT, I, I don't really know yet what's going on. So are you a senior there or a junior? This year I would have been a senior. Or I would have been, like, this coming September I would have been a senior, but technically I'm a junior because I'm a senior. Yeah, right. college, I'm old. You're too much. That's what we're, at least I'm doing now is college searching. That's scary to me. I know, me too. If you think <laughs> I'm ready to college, right? <laughs> That's so scary. I know. Annalise, you and I, I mean, we met like a long time ago before yeah. all that, but like we actually were able to work together a few times in like a bunch of voiceovers. So yeah. a lot of people may or may not know this, but Annalise, who, whoever needs a voice to do a voiceover literally they call Annalise to do anywhere from like an eight-year-old to like 20-year-old so this girl knows everything about being in the voiceover booth so yeah I love voiceovers so much yeah I recently graduated into voicing adults so that's been really great but I still do I think the most recent thing that I've done I had to be a five-year-old once yes yeah I do like five to 20. One time they had me be a mom. I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but I'll try it. Did you I'll be a the- mom? They were like, my daughter does, it was, the line was like, my daughter likes cake or something. Okay. Oh my God. Like, That's did you hear inc- that line? That's incredible. I know, cause like- be a young mom. When my voice first changed, CityVox called me and it was like, can you come in and do like this voiceover? And I figured like they knew that my voice changed because I figured they would talk to my manager or something. And yeah. like I went in and I couldn't say half of the lines because I didn't sound young enough. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, I was like, I'm trying. I can't go, my voice can't go that high anymore. Yeah, they recently started letting me do little boys. Like do like the voices of little boys, which is so fun. No way, awesome. I never actually knew that I could do that. <laughs> I tried it. I was in the booth and this other woman was doing it and I was like, that's cool. I hope I could do that with my voice. Then they were like, okay, you're up. You're a little boy now. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's so cool. I was like, that's never come out of my mouth before, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so this is like a whole new aspect that like we've never really talked about. Talk about what it's like to just be in a voiceover, because it's crazy that we literally have a script in front of us and we don't have much of a reference and we just start saying lines. Yeah, Mm. I love it so much. It's just a place where you could just be in that little booth and just be yourself. And you could show up looking like anything you want. And a lot of the times, the amount of voiceovers that I've done in my school uniform, because I went to Catholic school my whole life, I've done so many voiceovers in my school uniform, 
I've done so many in sweat. Like, it's just great. It's so great. It's so much fun to just test yourself and to just do it. That's my motto. Just do it. Yeah, it's so do fun it. to tell, like, a story with your voice. Like, yeah. no one can see you. Like, that's awesome. And most of the work that I've done growing up was ESL work, which is English as a Second mm-hmm. Language. And I started doing those when I first started professionally when I was 10. And that was the, the voiceover was the first thing that I've ever booked. So I've been mm-hmm. doing them for a really, really long time. And then once you get in with the studios, then they thankfully keep calling you back. Yeah, that's awesome. Takes a lot of skill. Did all of us go to like City Vox? Yeah, I mean, they anyone who's I feel like like, been on Broadway has gone to City Vox. It feels like a dream, like a distant dream to me. Like, no, we spent a lot of time there when we were young. I know. There's like like a bucket of candy. Yes. Yeah. And that bucket was my favorite. Oh my god! Stop. So yes is the i guess you could say like greeter because she's not like the doorman because like kind that's of a receptionist a little oh, yeah receptionist. Yeah. yeah there you go yeah she's the best she literally she's like can i help you with any tea like you want some candy i, I got it her. all for you and then like if your favorite candy is not in the bucket she's like don't worry i set some aside for you and i'm like Queen, queen. For, <laughs> for people who don't know can you explain a little bit what city box is because i feel like everyone it, like every child in the business knows what it is, but like for those who don't, can you kind of explain? Yeah, it's a recording studio that does pretty much anything. They do audiobooks, they do ESLs, I've done textbooks, I've done, um, I st- like recently they started doing like videos that you, like they, they've recorded videos in the UK and mm-hmm. then they made me like dub their voices so like they would say the lines in the UK and like they would film this movie in the UK, but then they would have me dub over their voices in an American accent. So that's interesting. Oh, that interesting, is so yeah. cool. I don't know what you would call that, but that's like... Dude, what is that called? Because when there's like- It's not ADR, like a... right? Yes, it is. Is it ADR? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, ADR is, yeah, you're right, Sid. Good job. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You would know, you're the yeah. smart one. Uh, oh. <laughs> And then, and then ESL, that's just basically recording lines so people can learn English, right? Yes. Guys, ESL is so fun. It's so fun. I don't know fun. why. And it, I always, for when you record, you have to speak really slowly. Because you have, and you have to like articulate each word. And, it, and then afterwards, because I've been doing it for the last like three or four hours, I have that same mindset and like speak like that when I'm talking to my parents or even like during the show, I'm like, why am I talking so slow? And I was like, at least I'm articulating, but like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a completely <laughs> different way of speaking. Yeah, it's right? Crazy. And then when you get to the more advanced levels and then they have you start speaking in a faster pace and you're like, da, 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 and you keep going. And then they're like, okay, back to level one. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Great. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you want a strawberry? <laughs> oh my god, that's like actually like a perfect example. Yes, I yeah. do want a strawberry. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> well done. You're a pro. You're giving away your secrets right now. Mm-hmm. So Annalise, you are getting into writing your own music. 
and also playing guitar and 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 bass and ukulele that's really cool are you in the process of kind of like writing an album i don't know i've thought about it i've thought about it i took a little bit of a break from writing when i went to school mm -hmm. i shouldn't have but it's hard when you're living with other people so it's it's hard to like focus on yourself when you're and your stuff like when you're too much chaos going on around me but sure. for my sophomore year i lived alone and i was really into playing guitar and trying to figure it out but i get frustrated so easily so i lost a lot of patience for it so then i just completely stopped playing hmm. for like a year and i recently once the shutdown happened i picked it up again and i just started to play and i forgot how much i missed it mm. so i mean at least one good thing came out of the shutdown of me finding my finding my music again do you write as kind of like a method of therapy like just to get out your thoughts or do you write just because you enjoy it um, like what a you little bit of both a little bit of both I think it depends on the day. If I have a thought, then I'll just jot it down. Like, I have a lot of half-finished songs. So, yeah. they're just, like, yeah. half done. And they're all in my little document on my Google Doc. But they're yeah. not finished. And then if I want to go back to them, I'll go back to them. Do you have, like, an artist that you, like, kind of like to write? Sarah Bareilles. Oh, yeah, There's... I did know that. Sarah Bareilles. I mean... I could go on about this woman all day. She <laughs> is my favorite singer, songwriter, musician, everything ever. Her words are just so... She just gets it. Yeah. She just gets it. And her songs are just stunning. And What's your favorite song of hers? Oh, man. Um, oh, there are so many. It, it, you know what? Because they're all so different. Mm. Yeah. Her most recent, on her most recent album, I think my favorite is If I Can't Have You. That was good. She did that with Emily King, who's also mm. amazing. And then I also really love Bluebird, which is on Kaleidoscope Heart. What's your favorite Waitress song? Oh boy. Um, oh boy. Stumped I you. actually, I mean, I love What Bacon Can Do, but I really love Without a Believer, which was the cut song from Waitress. And door number, door number three, door number three. That was where, door number three was supposed to be what bacon can do. I know I'm so waitress obsessed. We are, are you no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nerding out. I love her so much. Yeah, Aww. what bacon can do was originally door number three. So like, if you listen to door number three, it's the same like dun 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 dun. It's the same thing, and okay. a little bit of different. Um, a little bit of a different melody and obviously different words, but that was originally supposed to be there. And then Without a Believer was supposed to be Dr. Pometer's song. What the lyrics are, I'm assuming that it was supposed to be where it only takes a taste was, mm. but I'm not 100% confident. Where do you but find this? my theory. Oh, she released an entire album of all the cut songs from Waitress. No, oh, way. no way. And. Without a Believer, Jeremy Jordan actually recorded, and it's on YouTube, and there's a music video, and it's stunning. It's stunning. That's huge. I love it. In the process of creating a show, there's a lot of 
taking making songs and then cutting them and all of those beautiful songs just are never heard so the fact that she did that is legendary and i feel like when people like go see a show they don't like always remember that there's been so many changes in like versions of the show like they i don't know so the fact that like she did that is something just really cool that people like understand that you know it was this whole other journey yeah. yeah, she's and amazing. I love that. Yeah, I think my favorite song from Waitress is like "Bad Idea" or also "Opening Up." Stop. I, I love the Ogie song. Oh, um, oh yeah! You're never getting rid of me. Great. I'm such a dork like him, and I like love him. <laughs> I can so. see you playing that to be oh, honest. Yeah, totally. Oh my god, that. I would cry. Stop. <laughs> And, like I love you like a table. Like I'm oh, that's really like when it comes to like that kind of like like being flirtatious and whatever, I'm such a loser. Like it, <laughs> and, and like that is my man, so I relate to you. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> all of those characters are so relatable though. Yeah. They're all just like human beings who make mistakes. That's what's so yeah. great about that show. I've seen it four times. I think I have too. Stop. Did you see her with Jason Mraz, Sarah Bareilles, and oh my god. Well, I went to see Jason Mraz's opening night because my mom was like, we have to go on the opening night. I was like, okay, great, let's go. We went. I saw original cast, and then I saw Jason Mraz on his opening night, and then I went again. Oh, maybe I saw it three times. And then I saw it again when Sarah came back with Jason Mraz. And Jason Mraz was so funny. So good. He was great. Everyone who played all of the roles, including all of the replacements, are so strong in their role. They're just so talented. I really, really wish that I saw Allison Luff. Because she was Miss Honey when I was in Matilda. And Mm -hmm. she's been a role model for me forever. And I really wish that I would have been able to see her. But timing didn't work out. Yeah. Oh. Waitress is one of my favorite shows. It's so good. It's so great. Yeah. And, like, Sarah Bareilles and Jason Mraz was, like, one of my favorite versions. I never saw Jesse Mueller, though, and I was really upset, but... You never saw Jesse Mueller? I didn't. Not in that show. She was fantastic. I can't... Oh, my gosh. She was so good. You guys are making me jealous. (laughs) Watch her Tony performance 7,000 times, and then you'll be okay. Okay, mm. thank you for making me feel better. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of going back to something that we already touched on, but talk about, I don't know, because right now both Sydney and I are like in the phase where we're, you know, too old to Transitioning play. from a child yeah. into an, an adult. So like, did you ever have that like weird phase? Oh yeah. Um, everybody always has this thing that like, as soon as you turn 18, everything's gonna happen. It's not always true. Mm-hmm. And that's something that really hit me hard. Because once you turn 18, you're not the oldest anymore. You're going in for mm-hmm. roles, and I'm sitting there sitting next to people in their mid-20s, early 30s, who mm. want to play younger. So it was a lot where I would get down to the finals for certain things, and I would not get cast because I would be too young. I would be actually the right age, but I would still be too young because of the people that they were hiring. That's that very sense. unfair. 
<laughs> I so think maybe unfair. that's not. It's maybe not something that a lot of people talk about, but it it's huge. You can be. It's a thing. It's a thing. Like if they ask for a sixteen-year-old, you're like, yeah, right. They're gonna cast like a twenty, like a twenty-five-year-old. Or if, even if they ask for an eighteen-year-old, they're probably gonna cast older, so they don't. It's just really difficult. It's yeah. interesting though, because like, you have to like submit your resume and your headshot before you even go to the audition right so like they already know how old you are so when they say like you're too old and stuff like that it always confuses me i'm like you knew I know. that i was this age i, I don't think know. i Too think dark. that with i mean for my circumstances i just i i look very young compared to other other 20 year olds i mean i'm almost 21 so that's that is weird. Crazy. But <laughs> I, I look very young compared to most people that are my age. So when they are looking for someone to play younger, like for example, Dear Evan Hansen, they're playing high schoolers. The original cast, they were not high schoolers at all. They were a lot older playing 15, 16, 17 year olds. So if you have me who kind of who actually looks like a like a 17 year old in high school then compared to someone who looks young and can pass for a 17 year old and then you put them next to me i still look a lot younger and yeah. it's it's a different look i don't i can't really i guess that's the best way that i could explain it but like because if, if i'm solo in the room it's like great she passes for a 16 year old that's great and then you combine and then you put me in a room next to other people in their mid-twenties that they're actually going to hire versus me, I look so much younger. I look 12 compared to them. Mm. Yeah. I also didn't, that's an interesting way of, I didn't even think about the fact that you go from being the oldest of an, an age range, like in a blink of an eye to the youngest. So while, while maybe for a kid, you, you'll be, you're like the oldest, I've done a lot of, you know, you're experienced. And then all of a sudden, just overnight you're the youngest and are considered the least experienced and and even though you've done all this work as a as a kid yeah i actually prefer auditioning for adults than kids oh really yeah there's less that i feel like there's less pressure Mm. really there's something different about going up to an audition by yourself and being surrounded by people who are just there doing the thing rather than going up there sitting with everyone it's it's a different pressure when you're an adult because when you're an adult this is your livelihood and this is how you're making your money mm-hmm. and then everybody is here for everybody's i feel like the adults are more supportive you know what i'm saying like i feel like when you're an adult, you walk into an audition and you sign in, you sit down, you look over your music, you look over if there's someone sitting next to you, you say hello, and then you go into your room and then you come out and then you leave. And like with me, I find that it's better just not to have a conversation with anybody just because I need to like focus on my thing and what I have to do. But I find that with auditioning as an adult, that even when you like i loved going into a dance call as an adult because 
one time I went in for this like super hip hoppy show. It was so much fun. It was like a very revolting children-esque combination. And I did it. Nice. It was great. And I had so much fun. And like the people who like were movers and not like dancers, they were like laughing at themselves. And like, that's what I find so much fun. It's like, you're all just there having a good time. Rather than with kids, I felt like with, there was like pressure in the room and there was a lot of tension in there and everybody was quiet and every, it was just like a lot. It's very it's different. So it's such a different it, feel. Eli yeah. would, would, uh, Eli is actually a very good dancer. He's, <laughs> so. Did you say I'm a good dancer? <laughs> I'm actually, I actually started as a ballerina, just like yeah. Alice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he tears up the dance floors. Oh, I mean, I, I'm the life of a party. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> yeah, like, true. Like I'll be on a dance floor and just look like a knucklehead, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, but it's so true because what you're saying, like, I, it's totally understandable, and it's so interesting because we had a um, interview recently, and it said we often like people often forget that we're all in the same community. And Mm. for some reason, some people want to look at this community as a competition instead of being like one. Mm. And in this community, we have to support each other. So like, if we support each, at the end of the day, we're all going to get the chance to work with each other because it it is a small community. And by Mm -hmm. treating it as a competition, it's only going to hurt each other. And we gotta lift each other up. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what we preach. And, you know, sometimes it's, and it's easy to lose track of that. But um, especially like, because, you know, we all go out for the same roles. And maybe we wanted this particular role and our friend got it. But at the end of the day, we have to support them and like, have to like, understand, okay, I didn't get this, but I know there's a plan and something else is gonna come. Yeah, and it's just like I'm a big believer in karma. I don't know about you guys, but like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, if you support your friends, like, and you you're just a, a bigger person, your that karma is gonna come around, and I don't know, just take care of itself. It's Absolutely. All gonna work out. Oh yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting how you. This is something we haven't spoken about on the mm-hmm. podcast yet. How you spoke about what it's like, not even inside the audition room, but in the waiting room. Um, mm-hmm. Some people have a lot of different processes. Some people, you know, that's their time to focus. Some people love talk. I'm one of those people that that loves to talk with the people in the waiting room, just because I I practice the heck out of my script or song at night on the actual day. I'm 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 the type of person to get really nervous. Um, yeah. But I always want to try and find a way around that and try and have fun. And kind of my way of doing that is to, you know, make the waiting room just like light and be like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're in this together. We're, we're friends. So I like to have that conversation. But there are also some people who that is their time to focus and that is their time to mentally prep. Something really cool that I haven't really voiced yet is... I'm kind of starting to to feel the transition from childhood acting to adult acting. Um, 
because in a lot of and this this is gonna sound like kind of weird and also small but it's just something that's kind of stuck with me it's that when i go into audition rooms now i feel like the casting directors are a lot more chill with me for some reason like they're comfortable cursing in front of me and and stuff whereas <laughs> literally just i just went i recently went into or before quarantine i went into an audition it was one of the last auditions I went on before quarantine ended. Um, but I had a lot of friends in the waiting room, people that I had knew. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a play date. And then I went into the audition and the person was like very chill and she, she was comfortable cursing around me. And just that, for some reason, just made me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like... It makes all the difference. I'm like it's being so... accepted into the adult acting. <laughs> Even it's though I'm so still weird, a teen. Right? But I don't know, it really... it it. It made me feel very comfortable for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a totally different element. It's totally different. And I mean, for a while, I spoke to Ali Trim. So Ali Trim like spoke, who was in 13 and Fiber Birdie. She spoke at like... Uh... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Um, a rehearsal that I was attending a couple of years ago when I was a freshman. And she said that it was kind of hard for her to get out of that thing where people were like, she would walk into an audition and it would be like, that's Patrice that's Patrice from 13 and she was like 22 mm -hmm. and that's Kim McAfee from Bye Bye Birdie and like I always felt that with growing up in this industry that like you have this like thing on your back that's like Broadway baby yeah for sure <laughs> so you have to like so I tried like my hardest to just get out of that and like they I've gotten feedback once that and said that I was too precise, like mm. too, like, I guess that I followed directions too easily. <laughs> like, but when I was younger, I mean, I'm a dancer. If someone told me to look to the left, I would look to the left. So I guess that that That's was just what they the way look for in child actors. That's the ability to follow directions. Oh, that's, that's so bizarre. But when you're an adult and you start making your own choices, and you start 
figuring out this way, like now's where it starts. Mm. That's, I just feel like I'm a, I'm a completely different actor than I was when I was a kid. And that's like that's just so trying to navigate that. But you're growing into such an incredible, and whatever endeavor, I know you may try different mediums in the business, but whatever whatever you decide to go into you're you're growing into such an amazing um young actor and even in the beginning if if they don't if they still see that child actor you're doing an incredible job at at proving yourself as um a standout young adult actor so Thank we're you. really proud of you and great yeah, job great. and keep it up cuz you're Thank you're you. you're killing it <laughs> yeah, I know. This, you're like <laughs> the talk of everything now with this Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, I literally like see so many articles about you and stuff now, so and I'm weird. like, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird to me. Like one day, I was I found out that I was moving into college, and then the next day they called, and it's like you're not moving into school anymore. <laughs> What? And then my articles in Broadway World. My name's in Broadway World and Broadway.com. And it's just really weird. You're a star. You're a star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but thank you. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're humble. <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate you and we appreciate your time. Thank and, you. Uh, and congrats on all your success. And we're so Honestly. excited to see you continue to grow and blossom into... And we can't wait to see Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't wait. We're I so excited. Wait. I just watched the movie the other day, and so now I'm even more excited to like oh, see it best, on stage. The best movie. Take a bow, Annalise Scarpacci. Wow, talking to her was like a walk down memory lane. I didn't realize that all of the child actors our our age had pretty much the same experience. Like, I mean, yeah. they were different in, in ways, but like talking about like City Box and, and Fran at the where we would yeah. like have a bucket of candy. That's the weirdest thing. How like like child actors our age, we can all relate to that stuff. Yeah, it's fun because, you know, all the child actors, like, know each other, you know, like, oh, yeah, I feel like it's just such a, like, smaller community, um, even though it seems like you met, meet new people all the time, but, like, this person knows this person, so te- technically, like, literally everyone knows each other, um, but, yeah, oh, like, course, least, yeah. when I came to the city, it was a few days before school, so, like, I didn't even know you yet, or, like, I did, but I didn't know you were going to school with me, so, like, I, mm-hmm. my first, like, one of the first people I met when I came to the city was actually Annalise. And when I was no starting full time. Yeah, because like I had done a show with a few people who were in Matilda at the time. And she was in Matilda at the time. So like when I hung out with those people, she was there. And that, and then we started mm-hmm. doing voiceovers and stuff together. So it was cool to like be able to talk to her and, and talk catch about up. Stuff. Yeah, and like, but it's cool because when you're friends with someone, you don't ask these kind of questions that that we are like now. It's more just like personal or like, hey, how was your day at school? Kind of like stuff like that, or like, how's your show going and stuff like that. You don't really get into the nitty gritty stuff. That, that we is talk such about. that is such a good point. Like we're we're interviewing people that we we know that we've worked with or or you know have just have known in the past. Yeah, and you're so right. I'm learning so much about people that I thought I knew. I'm like, oh, I didn't know any of this. 
exactly it's really cool and it's also it's also really cool to have another teenager our age come on and and basically just share these very specific details and, and memories from our own childhood that no one else would would really get but it's it's like this <laughs> I don't know man I, I just felt very like connected yeah no I agree and the fact that you know she was a child actor and like focused on school and going to college and stuff like that and now is picking it up in her adulthood and stuff it's just we can just easily relate you know to what she's going through I mean like not even going through just like to what's going on in each other's lives and it's just cool so so now she's going to pace and that's awesome and now and they're being great about um her being in Mrs. Doubtfire while in pace and stuff so it was cool how she had talked about how that is working um, just oh, going that's... to school and Mrs. Doubtfire because she had to go to Seattle. Remember, so I that's mean, that's like a dream. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Having a, having a school as flexible as that. Yeah, for sure. And the other cool thing I thought was, I, and this is something like I, like you said, I never knew she was a dancer first, and then she began to start acting and singing, which is so cool, and it's so rare to have that because usually dancers, at least a lot of the dancers that I know are kind of always shy and, you know, don't want to sing or they don't want to do that stuff and they kind of just want to dance. But she was willing, she was like, oh no, I want to do all of it. Hmm. And so it was cool to see how she's starting to become, she just started to expand her talents and started to dig into herself. And now she has like, I mean, she always has, but she's figured out how to, you know, use her voice and all that. And it's, and it's just so beautiful. She posts singing covers all the time on Instagram. Mm. And so, yeah, those they're, they're so beautiful. Um, she has a great voice. So. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really inspiring. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I mean, she and talk about like someone who's literally like been through it all. Like she's been in four Broadway shows, you know? Oh, like, dude. And she, she's, but, a, she's a veteran. I mean, like, yeah. She, and she's, I mean, she's still doing it, but uh, she's she's a pro she's been she's been in she's just like a teenager she's been in like four broadway shows that's incredible i mean truly go you i know and still you know going through school even four broadway shows later so i mean like (laughs) um but yeah and then she she did that she kind of gave us like a little snippet of how she would do it in and she kind of gave us like a little snippet of how she can rearrange her voice during voiceovers and stuff like that so that was cool like she was literally like an adult talking to us and then all of a sudden she turned into like this you know (laughs) not not infant but like this young child and like holy cow this is so cool um but yeah and it it was so fun because it brought me back to like days where we were in the booth together just like doing stuff so oh yeah oh that was so much fun yeah right it's it's the coolest thing and people who are good at voiceovers are like incredible like because voiceovers are really hard and we will actually be talking about that in a in a future episode of ours or where we bring on a guest who is like an expert on voiceovers which is really cool so stay tuned for that but yeah uh Annalise is really really good at voiceovers which is a a really hard thing to to perfect yeah and that's 
like now she has Broadway going for her, but she also has like a voiceover career going for her. And that right there is like a whole career where you could literally make a career in voiceovers. So this person who started as a dancer is finding a way to use all of her talents to the max and just like drilling it. She's nailing it. So Mm. go Annalise. And if you're a dancer, go Annalise. If you're a dancer, like go try new things, you know, it's fun. (laughs) I mean, like it, it shows that like if you, are in love with you know just dancing or you're in love with just singing like try other things you never yeah, know you might like it and you might end up being in four broadway shows <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so before we go we just wanted to turn it over to a sadder topic um that needs to be addressed uh a dear and special member of the broadway community recently passed away nick cordero he's just an absolute anyone you talk to who knew him i unfortunately never got the chance to meet him um know him personally i've met him a couple times but anyone you talk to says nothing but the kindest words for this guy and you can tell he had such an impact on so many people's lives and hearts and and the way that people have come together he's been in a coma due to covid for the last three four months and just recently past so it was it's been difficult for the community you can tell you could tell that he was such an amazing an incredible man and for those of you who don't know he was in rock of ages and waitress and a bronx tale and bullets over broadway Mm -hmm. and um his wife amanda klutz has been um keeping everyone updated and they have a beautiful baby son elvis and um our hearts go out to them and and Nick's entire family and Amanda's family and we pray for them and our condolences go out to them. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a fighter, you know. He he's been battling this and got his leg amputated, you know, like for the past couple months. But Amanda Clutes, she's been right there through it all and she's been she's a warrior, you man. know this fighter who's been so inspiring through all of this, you know, she's had to be positive when the positives weren't there, you know, like she's been so great and they have a beautiful one-year-old son and just the way that she's been handling this is, has been truly inspiring. And if, if you haven't followed, go check her out, Amanda Klutz. Um, She's truly just been inspiring through it all. Um, So we just wanted to send out our thoughts and prayers to her, their one-year-old son, Elvis, and, and both the, of their families and yeah. friends. And, and in even like the friends in the Broadway community, anyone who's known Nick, you know, you can tell everyone's been impacted. And Yeah. Yeah. Wear a mask for Nick, please. Wearing a mask could literally save someone's life. Be smart. And also... You know, the they just announced that uh, Broadway is going to be closed until past 2020. So a lot of people are going to be without jobs. And the faster we can get control of this virus, the more people wear masks, the more people social distance, the faster these people can get back to work. It is It is affecting so many people. So please be responsible. Please just... Act like adults. Wear a mask. <laughs> Just be compassionate. Yeah. You, you, you can see the devastation that this virus has done. You can see it all around you. So, so please be smart. Be kind. Be compassionate. Be loving. Be empathetic. 
and take the necessary precautions, please. Yeah, well put, because literally COVID has impacted so many lives and it's simple, like the things that we have to do, like the guidelines, just like wear a mask, not only for yourself, but for others, like you never know. And if people just like started, you know, wearing a mask, it's not over. So like, yeah, although we may be getting back on track and you know, our numbers are decreasing, but it's still out there and we can still have spikes and we can still like someone can still be affected. Therefore, this isn't over and we need to wear masks. Everyone is affected in some way. Your actions are affecting everyone, because even though the cases have drastically declined in New York, because a lot of and and our hearts go out to all of the states that that are um, experiencing a new uprise in COVID cases. We we pray for everyone. We hope everyone stays safe. But if you don't stay inside and you, and you don't take the necessary precautions, it's literally affecting everyone. It's mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I kind of made an analogy earlier when I was talking to Eli that it was similar to, for example, if, um, if there was a, you know, a classroom, if there was a classroom and most of the kids were silent, well-behaved, quiet, you know, paying attention. And then there were just a few kids, just a few kids who were being rambunctious and irresponsible and loud. And the teacher said, you are not allowed to leave this classroom until everyone is quiet and calm. So most of the class is quiet and calm. Most of the class is following the rules, but there are just a couple, just one or two kids who won't follow the rules that are impacting the entire classroom. We cannot leave until you follow the rules. Mm. So just please, please do it for everyone else. So while we filmed this, we realized that there's a bit of a coincidence with this episode. Mm. Um, We recorded Annalise's interview on my birthday which was may 5th and now we are releasing it july 9th which is two days away from sydney's birthday yeah and we're recording we're recording uh this intro july 8th so it's we realized this like right before we started recording we're like that's the weirdest coincidence yeah so you guys july 11th remember that you know just send out it's it's 7-11 day you guys it's it's that's how I remember Sydney's birthday I don't know about you I don't that's know how I remember my you. birthday as well yeah um go get a free slurpee posts for Sydney's birthday and wish her I, don't happy think, birthday. I don't think that they're doing 7-11 day but <laughs> they're not I'm so upset I want a free slurpee I know next we'll year pre- hopefully oh yes people because, follow the rules yeah yeah, so wear your mask so I can get a free slurpee. <laughs> okay, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode. We uh, love you so much. Please stay safe. We love yeah, you. Be responsible. Have fun, but still responsible. Um, and stay safe. Yeah, just look out for yourself and others and spread a little kindness in the world because that's that's what we need. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? Special shout out to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Colonon for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Take a Bow. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us from. And tune in next week for another episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. 
To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions, or questions and keep up with all things Take a Vow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.